Thank you. Thanks. It's my privilege to be here with you guys, actually. It's nice to be with you and to um, catch it with you, catch it with friends and see new faces as well. So it's really encouraging to see new faces. And I like the way you sit in. I like this. It's good. It's nice. It makes it a bit more intimate, which is great. So today I'm going to be talking about, well, the title of this talk is Press In, Believe, Get Up. Now I am going to explain, don't worry. But I'm going to start by reading from a passage in Mark. So if you've got your Bibles with you and you want to turn to Mark chapter 5, I'm going to read quite a bit of that passage because a lot of what I'm going to be saying today, I'm going to draw it out of that passage. So it's in Mark chapter 5, and I'm going to read from verse 21. Okay. So when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered round him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded with him earnestly, my little daughter is dying, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed round him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned round in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you asked, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking round to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother And the disciples who were with him and went into where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Koam, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. 
He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. What a beautiful passage, isn't it? So Jesus here had just crossed over the lake and he comes and he's being crowded by all these people crowding in on him, pressing in on him. And what is really interesting is that he's just come from from where he'd been at the other side of the lake. He had just healed a man who had been demon possessed by many demons and he healed him and set him free. And it freaked everybody out because the demons that were in the man, they, they came out of the man, they went into the pigs. And all the pigs kind of like, all just kind of like committed suicide and died. They they ran into the lake and that was the end of them. And so the people there were like completely freaked out by this and said, Jesus, we want you to go. And Jesus being him himself, you know, he won't stay anywhere where he's not wanted. And so he left that place. And then he comes to the other side, and there he is, is met by this crowd of people pressing on on him. I wonder if they'd heard what had happened at the other side of the lake, and they were like, what is this man? There are these spectacular things that we heard about. We want to know more. And maybe they were pressing on him to, to see something spectacular, to see something amazing. When he meets the synagogue leader, Jairus, he falls at his feet. See, Jairus is pleading with Jesus. He just left his daughter who is sick. She's poorly. She, she is dying. And, and Jairus is desperate. And he comes to Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can help him now. He's heard about her, him and the things that he's done. And he's like, Jesus, I need you to help me. My daughter is dying. Please come with me. Please help me. Lay your hand on her and she will be well. And Jesus said he would go with him. And on his way, he's still being pressed in by the crowds. Maybe the people are thinking, let's just stay. Let's, maybe we'll see the child get healed. What amazing thing that would be to see that. And while he's there, he stops and he starts looking around. And, and Jairus is like, what is going on? Come on, Jesus. We're in a hurry. And Jesus is looking around and, 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 he's, and he sees this woman and he starts talking to this woman who has just been suffering and now she's healed. And while he's talking to her, people from Jairus' home said to him, don't bother the teacher anymore. She's gone. All hope is gone. You might as well just, just leave him alone. And this beautiful thing happens. Jesus turns to him and said, don't be afraid, believe. And he continues to the house and the mourners are mourning and the wailers are wailing. And there's a lot of commotion, a lot of crying. And they're mourning because it's the end. They're wailing because this little girl who, had, who is alive, is all life has left her body. All hope is gone. Jesus sends the mourners away, gets rid of them, and surrounds himself with people of faith, his disciples. And then he goes in and sees the child. He takes the child's hand, a young 12-year-old. A child who supposedly was so full of hope and promise. 
She had such a future ahead of her. She was so young. And there she is, lying, gone, lifeless. And he speaks to her. He speaks to her. And she hears and she responds. And this is a powerful story of hope, faith, power and life. A story of encounter with Jesus. And we see a man full of urgency and fear finding faith. We see a woman who presses in and encounters God's power. We see that which was full of promise and lifeless come to life once again. You know, if you were to place yourself in this story, I wonder where you would place yourself. I wonder where you would be. Is it that you would be like Jairus, who just needs God to turn up? Maybe everything is really tough right now. Maybe there's this sense of urgency because it feels like everything is just going to fall apart. I don't know if I can keep on going. God, you said you were going to come. Where are you? I'm waiting. I need you now. And you've got all these promises and these hopes and, and it's just drifting away. It's like, God, where are you? I need you. Maybe there are self-doubts in your mind and in your heart. You know, and you're thinking, should I even bother praying? Why should I even pray? Maybe people around you are saying, give up. What is the point? It's pointless. It's too late anyway. Maybe you're listening to the voices inside of you saying, it's just too late. Why bother? And you're wondering why you can't shake off these doubts. How can you not be afraid when it looks like all hope is gone? Maybe you see yourself like the woman who's been through something for such a long time. Maybe it's making you really tired and weary. Maybe you've been looking for answers everywhere and no matter where you look, you just can't find them. Maybe you're searching for your answers in the wrong place, but you don't know what else to do. Maybe you know what you need right now, but it seems like it will just take too much effort. And maybe you're afraid. Maybe it won't work. I'll put all this effort in and, and it doesn't, nothing happens. Maybe you see yourself in the story where the child is. Where maybe you're in a place in your life where you feel weak, tired, maybe all worn out. If only the opportunity came when I had the energy. If only the opportunity came while I was still full of hope, when there was still promise. Now you're just going through the emotions and, and you just don't know if you have the passion anymore. Passion for the church. Passion to help people to, to realize who God is. Passion to see people get healed. Passion to read your Bible. Passion to pray. Because the power of God you were waiting for did not come when you wanted it to come. Maybe you've never really known Jesus as the Lord of your life your saviour and your friend. And right now you feel like there's something missing in my life. I need to know this life. 
maybe you're experiencing something and you just want to know more of who is this Jesus. I need his light and life to come into my life to restore everything. We can use this passage in Mark 5 to help us to think about how do we respond to God? How do you respond to God? How do you hear God for your circumstances? How do you decide which voices should I listen to and which voices should I not listen to? And this message that I'm bringing you today, I'm hoping that it will inspire you and encourage you and and help you to think that I have to be intentional about my relationship with God. I have to be intentional about my relationship with others. It takes effort. It takes faith. It takes listening to the right voices and knowing which voices to listen to. It's really challenging to do that when we get so caught up in our routines. There's so much in our life that is demanding things from us, demanding our time and our effort and our energy from us. But don't give up because it is hard. Because it will make a difference in your life, in how you live your life, the choices that you make, how you will find fulfillment, how you will find fruitfulness in your life if you don't give up. Jesus is so gentle. He's so kind. He will not stay where he's not been asked to stay. He will not, be, he will not stay where he is not wanted. We see that earlier in Mark 5 when the people in Gesericene pleaded with him to leave and so he left. I've seen it in my own life where there's parts of my life that that I protect. I'm like, this is for me, this is for my comfort, this is what I want to do and this is what gives me my pleasure and joy and, and this is my bit. I don't want Jesus to come into this picture, it'll just ruin everything. And it's in those areas in my life that I find actually I'm lacking fruitfulness. There's no life in those areas in my life. The bits that I'm thinking will give me such joy and energy actually takes away my joy and my energy. We have to be intentional about cultivating our relationship with him. So that we welcome him in every part of our lives. If there is a part of our lives that that he is not welcome, that we keep separate from him, then those areas won't be fruitful. And there will be a sense of loss and dissatisfaction. It takes being intentional to allow him to help us to realize those areas in our lives where we don't include him. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to see, God, where is it in my life that I don't include you? Where is it in my life where I don't want to hear what you have to say about that? It takes being intentional to help us to see where we have unbelief and hopelessness in our lives. That's affecting our relationship with God. That's affecting our relationship with other people. There are three characters in this story who encountered God in different ways because 
They were intentional. How were they intentional? Well, the woman, she encountered God because she pressed in. Even though there was a crowd right round before her, possibly making it really hard for her to reach Jesus. Even though she may have insecurity, she made, may have thought, this is my last chance. This is my last hope. How tired must she have been? She'd been ill for 12 years, but she pressed in and encountered God's power that gave her exactly what she needed. We find it hard to press in when we feel pressed in ourselves. We feel it hard when we're under pressure, when we are under pressure with our work, our family. It can be hard when we're under a lot of pressure. It may even have taken a lot of energy to even get to church today. I wonder how difficult it was for that woman to get to Jesus. But she did it. She pressed in. It was important to her. And it was so important to her that when she did it, her life changed. She could not carry on anymore with the things that, that were going on. This woman just pressed in. And yes, it's hard sometimes, but it's not impossible. There is an encounter with Jesus that is for each and every one of us. If we just press in. When we press in, even though life is hard, even though we're suffering from something, or maybe it's something that's gone on in our lives for a long time, we will receive his power God's power is all that we need living inside of us. But we need to press in to take hold of it. And we need to keep on pressing in, especially when it's hard. Having the right people around us can help us, provoke us, and pressing in for more of God's power. Did you ever wonder why the crowds that were pressing in on Jesus, why didn't they encounter God's power in the same way? Because they were pressing in on him too. They didn't encounter what the woman encountered. Why didn't they? Could it be that the crowd were um, spectators? They were following everyone else. They didn't really believe that God could do something for them personally. They just wanted them just to see what he was going to do. They just wanted to be entertained. Could it be that the crowd just missed out on something that they could have got for themselves if they pressed in just like this woman did? When I was thinking about this, I was thinking, God, I don't want to be that one. I don't want to be like the crowd that, that gets to the end of my day thinking, I didn't press in. I was just like the crowd where I just want to be entertained. I just want to see what the interesting things that can happen. I don't want to be like that. And yes, I may be entertained. Yes, I may see something spectacular. But I want to experience the power of God. You know that we can experience the power of God every single day of our lives. We don't have to get to the end of the day and say, God, I was just like the crowd. We can be like this woman experiencing his power for ourselves we could ask the same question about ourselves when we come from church 
You know, was I like the crowd? Was I like a spectator? Or did I press in and encounter God's power? The amazing thing is, unlike the woman who waited 12 years for her encounter with Jesus, we can press in and receive him any time we want. I think it's so beautiful how Jesus looked for the woman who touched him. He could have left her to go on her way. She was healed. She'd already got her healing and she was fine. She was happy and he could have just let her go on her way. And it wasn't like he didn't have anything else to do. He was in a hurry to go and help Jairus and his daughter. But he stopped and he looked around for her. You know, when we press in on God and we encounter his power, he doesn't just give us what we're asking for. He gives us so much more. He gave that woman more than what she was wanting. He gave her peace, restoration, righteousness into her own heart and life. There's so much more. We need to press in. What do you need to do to do that? At the end of your day, as you look over it, let it be that you weren't one of the crowd in this story. But be determined that you will receive what you need from God each and every day. Press through those barriers in your your mind and in your world that's stopping you from receiving God's power and his encounter. Jairus encountered God because he believed and he did struggle with believing, and, and I can understand why Jairus struggled with believing. I can understand his point of view, really. He asked Jesus to come with him, and he was like, this is really urgent, Jesus. And yet, Jesus seemed like he was taking his time. What is wrong with you, Jesus? Why won't you just come now? I'm desperate. And the people around him were saying, give up. It's too late. When we're desperate for God to answer, it's, it's hard to keep waiting for God. If we think it's too late, we feel like there's no point waiting anymore. It doesn't even necessarily have to be people around us telling us it's too late. We sometimes do that ourselves. We listen to this internal voice that's going on inside of us saying, what is the point in believing? Why bother? I wonder how many of us have that internal voice that tells us why Jesus wouldn't bother with us. Why would Jesus answer your prayers? How can you believe that? It's impossible. Or that internal voice that says, he's answering everyone else's prayers and he's ignoring you. You are not praying right. Or you're not important enough. So believing God becomes really difficult. It feels like a risk. How beautiful it is that even though the man doubted and was afraid, Jesus turned to him and said, don't be afraid, believe. He doesn't condemn us when we don't believe. He doesn't condemn us when we're afraid. But he encourages us to listen to the right voices. He encourages us to love, to to feel encouraged and to feel full of faith because of what he said will happen. 
God's word to those of us who are struggling to see past those voices of self-doubt and unbelief is, don't be afraid, believe. What we hear really affects our faith, what we believe. It was important that Jesus told the mourners to leave that place. The mourners saw Jairus' daughter there, dead. They saw her there lifeless. And they knew what they saw. They believed what they saw. Because it was real. Jesus does not want us to see the way the world sees things. He does not want us to look at the way that the world looks at things. He wants us to look with eyes of faith. To believe that Jesus can do more than we can see, more than we can ask, and more than we, than we can imagine. We need to be asking ourselves, what are the voices that we are listening to that's damaging our faith or, or that's not building our faith up? You know the enemy laughs at you when you exercise faith? When you say that I believe this, the enemy's like, ha ha, really? Do you think God's going to listen to you? <laughs> do you think that God's going to answer your prayer? Who do you think you are? No, the enemy laughs at us. But Jesus walks those doubts right out of the door when we fill our lives with faith and hope. When we're reading our Bibles, when we're praying, Jesus is marching those mourners, those that are laughing at us, those that are saying that Jesus can't do this. He walks them right out of the door. Believe, what do you need to do that? Is it spending time reading your Bible? Is it putting time aside to pray? Does it look like surrounding yourself with people that are going to encourage you and challenge you and provoke you and help you when things are tough? The little girl encountered God because she responded to Jesus' voice to get up. It's so beautiful how the story tells us that Jesus took her hand and spoke to her. There she was just moments ago, in and out of consciousness, feeling hot, feeling cold, wondering if this was ever going to go away, maybe feeling weaker every single moment. I wonder if she knew that she was drifting away. I wonder if she felt afraid, lost, alone, all in the dark. The hope and dreams that were all wrapped up in this life just fading away. And Jesus takes her hand. I wonder if she felt him take her hand. I wonder if she could feel life entering into her body once again. He speaks to her and tells her, get up. I wonder if she could feel his presence spurring her on to, as though his, as if she was thinking, yes, I can do this. I can feel his presence. I can feel his power. I can feel his energy stirring up in me. And I know I can get up. He speaks to her. She hears and she responds and she gets up. Jesus could be holding his hand out to any one of us right now. And he's calling us to respond to him. 
He will bring light back into the darkness. He will bring life back into those lifeless situations, those hopeless situations in our lives, those things, those promises, those dreams, those hopes that we we feel like have faded away, that's gone forever. Will they ever come back? All those promises that I was holding on to, I just can't do it anymore. And you've just let them go. You've let them fade away. You know, when God created you in your mother's womb, he filled you with so much promise and potential in your life. And it's not over for you yet. There's still more for you. The word of God to you today through this little girl's life is that Jesus is the resurrection and life. He will bring light into the darkness, hope to the hopeless. The promises forgotten back to life. If you have never said to Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to know what it is to have that light in my life. You know, Jesus wants to offer that to you today. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. All you have to do is respond to his voice saying, get up, get up and receive him into your life. Hear him say to each one of us, get up. What is it that he's saying get up to in your life? What is it that you've let go of and you need to know that he is there? Surround yourself with people who will encourage you, who will stand with you, like Jesus did when he (laughs) surrounded himself with people of faith. So be encouraged today. Start to think about how you can be intentional to foster a life of, of pressing into God and his power. To have a heart that is continually cultivated by God's word and prayer so that your faith in God grows and you can stand firm and believe on the word of God. And take time to hear his voice. What is it that God is saying to you? What is it that he's saying to you that that you need to respond to today? As he leads you into full and everlasting life. As he rekindles the things in your heart that you felt were long gone. Can we just pray? If you just mind standing. Father God, I just want to thank you, God, for your word today. I want to thank you, God, that you are just so caring, kind, and gentle. I thank you, God, that you will never force yourself on any one of us. But God, I just pray for each and every one of us right now that we just open our hearts and our lives to you and you come with your power and your presence, your love and your grace and your hope and your life. Lord Jesus, we want to be those who, who press in and discover you more. We want to be those that, that believe you, God, and are not afraid because your word is true. Lord God, we thank you that even now you want to revive us and bring life to us. Remind us of the promises that you've given to us, God. Lord God, we just thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.